Abigail, your parents were missionaries, and, and you and your husband were working at a children's ministry in your church in Ohio. Then back in 2017, something happened that really changed your lives and the direction of your ministry. Tell us about that. I got a call from our pediatrician who had done some blood work on my daughter, who was, uh, she had just turned one just a couple weeks before. And uh, our pediatrician, she just got straight down to the point and she said, um, the blood work shows that Esther probably has leukemia. Uh, You need to go to the hospital now. (laughs) So that was a surprising phone call to get. (laughs) I could not even imagine. So... After that, I'm sure you went through a series of consultations and and treatments and and ended up in in the hospital. Uh, Mm -hmm. What was it like? Yeah, when they they start treatment on on a kid, it's a little different than a grown-up. I feel like sometimes adults have to wait quite a while before they get treated and they go through various tests. But um, for a kid, a lot of the time, it was, you know, Monday morning, woke up not knowing anything, went to bed Monday night, sitting in a hospital chair surrounded by surrounded by wires and tubes and just completely in shock. Um, that very first day we went through we went through everything. The doctor came in, he said she probably has acute lymphoblastic leukemia, ALL, B cell, he said, you know, this is the kind of cancer you want to get because there's a better um, there's a better survival ratio. Um, which, of course, any survival ratio doesn't sound good when you're a parent. It doesn't matter what it is. Hearing your kid has cancer is is just not like anything else. Um, they they did more tests. They uh, did they did a bone marrow biopsy, and within a couple days, she was started on chemo, um, and the ball was rolling. <laughs> as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, how did you process all of this? Oh gosh, I think right away my my initial thought was just tears and crying out to God and saying, "God, I God, I can't handle this. I'm I'm not strong enough for this." And from the very beginning, I've just felt God so strongly saying, "You're not strong enough, but I am strong enough." And we've we've seen that over and over again with um with all of our friends and our family and our support system here and all the people who we know and all the strangers who we don't know who've just been so faithful to pray for Esther and all of our, our care team at the hospital who has just loved on Esther so much and has done such a good job medically caring for her. Um, God hasn't left our side this whole time. And I know some people don't have as good results as we've had so far. So I'm not saying that God isn't by their side, but We've just felt very, um, very fortunate in this way. Abigail, at what point did you feel confident enough or feel led to meet with other families on the floor of the hospital and encourage them? I think it's just one of those things that, that happens naturally. I think all the moms and other parents, whether they're believers or not, they just want to get together and... Um, exchange war stories and um, strengthen each other, build each other up. I mean, you know, there's there's two kinds of encounters that are in the hallways. There's the kind of encounter where the other parent meets your eye and you smile and you say hi and you say, who are you here with? 
and then you, you start a relationship. And then there's the other kind where you see someone hurrying past you trying to get somewhere where they can cry without their child seeing you. So we're talking about a lot of emotion. Oh, oh yes. The fourth floor at Dayton's Children's Hospital is, is filled with a lot of emotion. There's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And, you know, to some extent, all the parents and grandparents and relatives, we all get it, but we also don't get it because our stories are different than everyone else's stories. But there's that common thread running through them. Did you have the opportunity to actually share faith, uh, to share your confidence in God? Um, I have definitely, uh, I've talked about God to to several people. Honestly, a lot of the nurses and uh, and staff like that, the physician's assistants and such, are the people who I, I end up getting to talk to for a long time because they're the ones who are in your room for a long time, you know, setting up an IV or checking vitals and it's it's just been a real privilege to hear to hear the stories of those medical friends and uh, kind of share some of what we believe and how we live and it's been really special to have those relationships could you ever in your wildest dream or let me rephrase that could you ever (laughs) have imagined that you would be in this type of a situation and even ministering in this Oh, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> no, I think that I think pediatric cancer or even cancer in general is one of those things that most people try not to think about. You know, you see little little bald kids going to St. Jude's and you think, oh, that's someone else's family. That's so sad. And you don't ever imagine that it's going to be you until it all of a sudden is and it hits home so much. Um, I guess I hadn't ever thought about it at all. So, but I hope that if I thought about it before, I would have imagined, you know, staying faithful to God throughout it. But yeah, I think it's just one of those things you don't, you don't think about because it's too scary. So how is Esther doing these days? Oh, Esther is a three-nager. So any parent of a toddler knows what I mean by that. <laughs> she's, but she's doing really good. She's um, she's in maintenance, which is uh, the last phase of her treatment, and it's about two years long. And it basically means that she goes to the hospital once a month for uh, for IV chemo and sometimes uh, intrathecal chemo, which is uh, through a lumbar puncture. And she takes chemo every day at home, uh, orally, and uh, steroids sometimes. Steroids, those are the worst. <laughs> steroid rage with a toddler. That's rough. You have actually written a book that shares your experience and your faith. Tell us what, what's in that book. I can tell you about it in, uh, in 80,000 words or less. So, so here we go. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really just a, it's a book about our story. Um, it's about our experiences with pediatric cancer. And a lot of it is just kind of uh, walking through uh, what happened, how we got there, and a lot of my feelings. And uh, and then I kind of, as the book goes on, I talk about some other things that that I really have been meditating on and ruminating over throughout the process. Things like 
um, things like prayer, you know, what's the right way to pray? How can I pray just the right way so that God will heal Esther? Because that's not how God works because he's not a vending machine. So I kind of, I unpack a lot of that and a lot of my thoughts and my feelings and I'm, I'm not theologically trained. My husband is, he's, he's getting a doctorate. So he, he's good at all this stuff. And I really just, um, I kind of dig into the word and I pray and I, I really look for answers that way. And of course, talking to my husband and our pastors and other good godly counsel. What is the name of the book and, and where can people find it? My book is called, uh, Suffering, Endurance, Character, and Hope. And you can find it on Amazon, and it is available in Kindle or uh, hard copy, and you can also get it on Barnes & Noble. And I would imagine that you did a lot of praying as you wrote it. Uh, And what would your prayer be for people experiencing something similar in their own families? What would your prayer for them be when when they open this book or when they pop it up on the computer? I would really just hope that they would, I just would really hope they don't feel alone. I think a lot of people going through this feel alone. They feel isolated from friends and family because no one can quite understand it the way that you understand it now. And I think they feel isolated from from God and religion in general, probably, if they're not believers, but just I think there's a great sense of isolation. So I really hope that people who read it would, first of all, not not feel like they're in this alone. They could read it and they could see elements of my story that intertwined with their story. And they could say, hey, yeah, me too. I feel that. I felt that. I know that. And I would also really hope that anyone who who reads it would would really see God through our story. That's kind of been my prayer throughout, our whole family's prayer throughout, that God would really be receiving the glory through all of this, through all of this, um, this hardness and the suffering that we're going through because um, God is worthy and he is good. Even when it's hard to see sometimes what, what the plan is. We know that God has a plan. Abigail, I sure appreciate your sharing your heart with us. Well, thank you for asking me about it.